Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine you wake up this morning, turn on the news, and find out China has landed several large armies on the northern end of Canada, which would pretty much be the North Pole. And they are storming through Canada, conquering cities as we speak. Obviously, America would respond. It's our ally. Plus, I mean, they share a border with us. We have to get up there. Let's let's go do something about it. And we mobilize the Marines. We mobilize some Gigantic Marine units. We're sending divisions up there. Marines and some great Army units. Army Rangers, too. I mean, we're talking fighters. And we send our boys up there. Stop these dirty Chinese commies in their tracks. And we send them up there and boom, wiped out by noon. Our guys are slaughtered. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's. Now, now we're getting serious. Okay, clearly this is a capable army. Let's let's do this right this time. Take a little bit of time. Let's send another army up there and let's put a stop to these dirty commies. And we send another one up there. Only this one's ready. Not not some not some hasty force. This one is ready to roll. Boom, slaughtered again. And. Now we don't have any armies left, and there's nothing between the armies of China and the armies, well, in the cities of the United States of America, Chicago, D.C., L.A., New York, nothing standing in their way. That obviously is something out of the movies that you or I, we could never comprehend such a thing. The only time we've even experienced anything remotely like that here in the continental United States would be when, uh, shoot, it would be, gosh, the War of 1812, when they burnt down D.C. Chris, am I missing something else? (laughs) Yeah. War of 1812 is the only time anybody's experienced that here. And that was, let's be frank, it wasn't some massive British invasion of America. Obviously, they... Stormed into D.C., gave us the middle finger, but it wasn't, you You didn't think you were gone. That happened to Rome almost before Rome really became Rome. Rome, greatest empire of all time, not debatable, don't argue with me, I'm that length of time, it's just, it's not debatable. And you know I have several other favorites but they are the greatest, was almost gone before it began. Honestly, one of the, in my opinion, biggest military blunders in history is the only thing, and I mean the only thing, that stopped it from happening. So, let's do a little setup here. This is pre-Emperor Rome, okay, pre-Julius Caesar. Now, I need to clarify, 
We're talking one generation pre-Julius Caesar is what I'm talking about. So this is right before Caesar. Rome is not led by an emperor, a Caesar, a king, whatever you want to call them. Rome is a republic. They have not one, but two consuls. Basically, they had two presidents. They were president together. It's a very odd system, in my opinion. I don't understand it either, Chris. I, I, For all the things Rome did well, I mean, maybe we're idiots. For all the things they did well, I do not understand this. And actually, this will come into play here in a minute in our story. Again, it just screws them up sometimes. It's led by a Senate. And we should clarify how all this Rome stuff began. And believe me, I'm about to gloss over a whole lot. They think, and I can't stress this enough, they think, but they're pretty sure Italy itself as a country was really crappy about the year 1000 BC, about a thousand years before, before Christ. And what I mean by that was, no, that's not me dogging on, no, I'm not dogging on Italians right now, Chris. We'll get to that later. I mean, obviously that didn't help, but seriously, I'm not, not doing that. Volcanic is what I mean. Unstable, volcanic. But as the world tends to do, a lot of pain now or a lot of pain early oftentimes will result in some really wonderful things later. So massive civilizations weren't really growing in Italy about a thousand years before Christ. Then the volcanic stuff dies down, obviously didn't disappear completely, but it dies down a lot, and you have a whole bunch of pretty stinking fertile land on your hands all of a sudden and not a bad climate right there. I mean, you can picture Italy, that big cowboy boot right there in the middle of the Mediterranean, water all over to ship to and fro. I mean, the place was just primed for a civilization to put down some roots and grow. Now, the Romans do. We're not going to go into all the founding, but they begin to raise themselves up, and now they are a city-state. Think just like Greece. Greece is still very much around at this time. Rome is rising while Greece is on its decline, but they're a city-state. You know, it's just Rome. And they kind of have some new stuff going on. And they demand certain things. And these people, man, there's something really, really cool about them. They're rich people. They're leaders in their society, all of them. It's not, you know, encouraged that they do military service. You do military service. That's what you do if you're a Roman. A real Roman serves in the military. In fact, for the longest time after this, you had to be a property owner to serve in the legions. That's going to come into play here in a minute. Rome wanted Romans, card-carrying Romans with a stake in the game to be swinging a sword for Rome. Now, I should clarify, Rome, just like many, many, many other societies, most other societies except for places like Sparta, did not have full-time soldiers, which is so odd for us to think about. Isn't it? I, I should clarify, while we're on the subject here, that's kind of what the founders wanted for America was 
a quickly trainable militia because everyone owned weapons, trained with weapons. If you happen to need an army, we'll raise one pretty quickly here. The Romans didn't have full-time soldiers. If a war came up, you put down your farmer's plow, went into the shed, grabbed your sword and spear and shield, and you marched off to battle. And as soon as it was over, you grabbed your stuff and went back home and checked it down in the shed and you picked your plow back up and went on. That's what they were. That's what Rome was supposed to be for the longest time. Now, that's the situation in Rome. Let's discuss the situation outside of Rome as Rome goes from being a city-state to an extremely impressive regional power. In general, the Romans are fighting barbarian tribes to their north. Now, this is a huge, obviously this takes place over a long period of time, but just know, the Romans are generally either fighting the Gauls, that'd be France, the Germans, I don't have to explain where you where the Germans are, and, and the Brits, the Britannia, and Carthage and such. But that's, in general, the barbarian tribes they're fighting. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You need some gold in your portfolio. You just have to have it anymore. I I just had a conversation last night with the guy I invest money with. And honestly, because he already knows my thoughts on the matter, so he's well established there, he told me. He said, it's one of the things I'm telling all my clients now. Don't do something crazy or drastic. You know, you're never going to get them to say that. He said, you need a gold IRA. It has to be part of your portfolio because, look, if the stocks and bonds go pop, obviously that's not ideal, not ideal for anybody. You need some gold to backstop you against that. Didn't you work hard for that money? Don't you think you should make sure you protect it? Gold Alliance can help you do that. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go get your gold IRA. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. not very nice, Chris. Chris is not a nice person. We got, uh, again, I read all of your emails. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I will read them all. I probably won't respond. I get way too many. And again, remember, you can send in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions all week long. I set them aside and stack them up for Friday. But we got another very nice one about a, a lady unhappy with her child's history teachers and how history is presented and so has her child listen to me now let me clarify i think that is the coolest thing in the world and i hope it never stops being cool to me that kids listen i just i, I love that 
Because I geek out on this stuff. I mean, I like I like talking to my own kids about it. But I did I did I told Chris when I read it. I thought, oh man, uh oh. And he said, what? I said, well, I, I don't know. It's when kids listen. He said, well, that's awesome. Kids listen. I said, I know it's awesome, but I get worried sometimes. And Chris says, why? Because you're a, an a-hole? Only he says it out loud. And I said, yes, that's why. And, 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 and his response, I think this was supposed to be encouraging. His response to me was, well, they got to know people like you were out there. <laughs> what a jerk. Up yours, Chris. I'm not a jerk. Back to our story. Don't worry about Britannia for now. We The, the Romans will get to them later. But Gaul, you do need to worry about. Remember, Gaul is France. And when we talk about historical things, oftentimes, understandably, we get right to the point. We get right to the, uh, the high point. The Romans, the Romans are fighting the Gauls. Wait, what? Why? How did that? And we get this image. What it does is it creates an image in our mind. It does it to me all the time. I'm sure it does it to you. Where the Romans, I mean, there weren't any other Romans. There was just a Roman army. And there weren't Gauls. There were just, you know, savage barbarian men. They didn't even have women and kids or any other professions. And one day the Roman army was just out walking through the countryside. And so were the Gauls. And they just, whoa, they ran into each other. Let's fight. You know, that's kind of how we present it. Let's slow down on that. These people knew about each other. You you learn about your neighbors as a nation, inevitably. And the Romans were famous for this. It all started with diplomacy. The Romans, they wanted to trade with the Gauls. The Gauls wanted to trade with the Romans. The Gauls really wanted Roman wine. This is something, as you know, we've talked about extensively. Barbarian tribes throughout the history of the world love to booze it up. I mean, gosh, it pretty much cost the the Mongols their empire at some point. Their leaders kept dying from alcoholism in their 40s. These people, you you think you like an extra butt heavy on Friday? These people lived and died for it. I forget, gosh, I forget his name one of I think it was I think it was Genghis Khan's son. If it was not his son, it was his his grandson was the Khan. And he was drinking so much, picture this, that, that his own people came to him and said, You have got to get this drinking under control. And they assigned somebody to mind him in his drinking. This is the head of the Mongolian Empire. They assigned someone to mind him in his drinking and told him he was limited to one cup a day, and apparently he had a special cup made that was like a gallon. (laughs) That's kind of funny. But still, the history of the world, you know, Dan Carlin talks about this all the time. He has, I think it was a drunken history episode, talks about this all the time, how much alcohol and substance abuse has influenced the world. And no, believe me, I'm not here pointing fingers at anybody. How much it is, how much it is altered events. Yeah, Chris, the opium wars. I, I, I mean, there's, I mean, drugs and alcohol have just altered the course. They have, they've altered the course of history, and maybe they've affected your own life in in some way. They've affected mine. It just, 
Somebody's touched by that somewhere at all times. Well, they have huge societal implications too. The Gauls, they love to get drunk. This is not abnormal. I'm not pointing fingers at them. The Gauls are pretty cool. Oh, I should clarify. The Romans are a little frightened by the Gauls, and it's more than just the barbarian thing. You know, the fact that they are considered barbarians, which is funny to me because the Gauls actually had democratically elected governments and such. Granted, there were some odd rules. I mean, like even odd rules about murder. They they talk about certain times where you could just take an ax to somebody's forehead because you were mad at him and you wouldn't even be charged with a crime. It was a different society, but, you know, democratically elected and they were big. The Gauls were supposed to be bigger than the, the, than the Romans. And they either had blonde hair or they would dye, they would bleach their hair blonde. Again, a little different looking. Something different can be really scary. And they had mustaches. Romans were all about shaving their faces clean. It was just part of their tradition. These Gauls apparently had these big bushy mustaches. So they were a different people. But they loved to booze. And Italy, as you know, this is not exactly surprising. Times haven't changed that much. Italy had really, really, really good wine. Really good wine. You should know that wine back then was several times stronger than wine today. It hit like a it hit like hard liquor today. That's the best way I could describe it. It's true. It would be like drinking whiskey. And the Romans, while they certainly enjoyed to drink themselves, considered it really low down and scummy if you drank wine straight. You had to dilute wine with water. Like what kind of an animal would drink it straight? Yes, Chris, I know you would. Well, the Gauls would. The Gauls are not in this to, to to be fancy. I know you've known people like this. Maybe you are somebody like this. If they're out having a cocktail or two, they're not in it to have a cocktail or two, relax and hang out with some friends. They're in this to get torn up. You know, you're you're on your second beer with a steak, couple couples. He's doing a shot in a beer every five minutes. You know what I mean? You're looking at him like, well, he's not driving home tonight. It sounds like I'm judging. I'm not. I've been there a million times. But that's the Gauls. And so the Romans start to train, trade wine, trade things back and forth. They know each other. But they are running into conflicts. They keep slamming into each other at various times. Rome is ambitious. Rome is trying to expand. And let's not sit here and pretend like the Gauls aren't ambitious either. They're, they're expanding. And soon, the Romans get word about these big, scary Gauls are terrified. Terrified? What? The Romans have fought enough against the Gauls now. They know a few things about them. They know they're very disorganized in combat. They know that they will tire out probably quickly, but they also know them to be fanatically brave and ferocious in combat. Gigantic, blonde, mustached, 
Sometimes they would go into battle naked, which as a dude, man, that is that is playing with fire. But still, the Romans knew them to be brave and ferocious. Who in the world would terrify these people? Well, we're about to find out. Credit score, credit score, credit score. I know by now you're rolling your eyes when you hear me talk about it. You heard me talk about credit score a long time before I even started working with Scoremaster. I'm so thrilled to be with them, though, because it matters so much. It affects your entire life. It affects the things you can buy. It affects your retirement $100,000 on a home loan? That's what you can save when you improve your credit score with ScoreMaster? $100,000? Do the math over time. You buy two or three houses. That's the difference in your standard of living until the day you die. It's that big. And it doesn't take a genius to do it. All you have to do is go to scoremaster.com slash jesse. That's scoremaster.com slash jesse. The average, average user Raises their score 61 points in 20 days or less. What in the world could scare Gauls? Surely there's nothing out there that scares these big people, right? There is. And as you know, I like Germany. I think Germany is a cool, cool place with... A really, really cool history with some notable exceptions. But I think it's I think it's a cool traditional place. I just do. I, I love the history of it. I see why a lot of Germans take up a lot of pride in being German. Clearly that can go wrong on occasion, Chris. But I think it's a cool place. It's a cool tradition. And... Part of my love for Germany came with about the first time I learned of these people. Now, understand, this is Germania, they call it at this time. And this is not one big nation because big nations didn't really exist at this point. Not in that way. None of these people we're about to talk about would have said, I'm German. I'm a German. None of them would. They were all tribes, bigger tribes, but came from this area. This Germany area, Germania. And there are several gigantic, gigantic tribes up there. And these thick, dark, scary forests, which makes it really cool anyway, doesn't it? Doesn't it make it cooler that the forests are so dark they're like triple canopy jungle? And it gets really wintry and cold. And out of this environment, you know, cold builds toughness. How many times have we talked about this? There emerged these tribes 
And apparently, in general, they're enormous, bigger than the Gauls, more frightening than the Gauls. And they would routinely walk around shirtless in the wintertime in the snow, completely naked from the waist up. These people, the Germans thought they were from a, or the Romans thought they were from a different planet. But these people were nuts. And two of the big tribes, the Kimbri and the Teutones or Teutons, depending on who you're listening to. I'm going to call them Teutons today. I don't know that that's right. I've heard it so many different ways. I don't know. Kimbri and Teutons. They're two separate, I need to clarify, separate Germanic tribes. Huge tribes. We're talking hundreds of thousands of people here. So tribe might not even be a good way to put it. That's a country, especially at this point. And they decide they need to move on. They want to move on. Now, this part of history drives me nuts. The unknowns, the little unknowns that I want to know. You see, I see these two gigantic, powerful tribes decide they're going to pack up and move, and I want to know what? What do I want to know? Same thing you want to know, Chris. Yeah. Why? Why are you moving? You didn't run out of something up there. I have to assume, maybe wrongly, that you didn't get pushed out by someone else. I don't know. Maybe you did. Maybe it's just the nature of man. Maybe you got tired of being shirtless in the snow and wanted to push on to warmer climates. But these two tribes decide to join together, not to become one tribe, but they decide we're packing up and we're moving out together. And they start moving. And they're moving from Germany. And they're moving south. And they're moving down towards Rome. Now, they do not, there is zero indication they had any plans for some Roman invasion as they left. It genuinely just looks like a society that has decided, I mean, you and I can't even relate to this, an entire society that's decided, you know, we're moving, we're moving all of us. Imagine that. America wakes up tomorrow morning. You know, I've had enough of this. It's it's just too daggone cold. We're moving to Mexico. Wait, what? Who? Oh, all of us. The, the whole place. So you have women, kids, livestock. I mean, picture what that looks like at this point in time. It's just got to be massive. And they start moving. Well, the Romans, obviously, as you would, are a bit concerned. Yeah, there are a lot of women and children there in there, but there are also a lot of Roman war or German warriors in there. And they're... Uh, Guys, they're heading our direction. Rome, very proud of its military at this point, as they should be. They just send an army up there. And they get absolutely demolished. I don't mean a near-run thing. They run into these Germans, tell the Germans, go pound sand. The Germans just smash the Roman army like a grape. Roman armies had not been smashed like grapes. Uh Uh-oh. Well, now Rome is a little concerned, but okay, not the end of the world. That wasn't our best foot forward. 
Obviously, we underestimated these dirty Germans. Let's get our real forces together. And they put their real forces together under the two guys in charge, and they marched them north. And the Germans, you know, the Germans even even offer that when the Romans come up, the Germans even say, yeah, look, bro, we are not coming for you. We want some land somewhere. We're tired of Germany. Uh, give us some land over in Gaul, It's not, which is not even Roman at this point. Rome owned some of Gaul, but certainly not all of it. That didn't come till Caesar. So the Romans are handed this, you know, to- this deal that would have worked, but the Romans were so different. They were so different in that they, they never negotiated with anybody for any reason. And I'm blown away their entire empire didn't end for a million times because they would always run into this. They would be losing wars, and people would present great deals to them, and they'd be all, no, absolutely not. And when the shoe was on the other foot, when they were crushing you, you got no say. No, we're going to do whatever we want whenever I want. It's it's odd. So the guys head north and they're instructed, you're not allowed to deal with these Germans. You know what you can give them when they ask for something? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now the Romans send their entire force, two dudes up there. Let's go get it. I mean, two dudes in charge. Now there's a problem and a big problem. Well, quite a few big problems. The main problem is the two dudes. Remember I said I didn't understand the two men in charge thing? This happened a lot in the history of Rome. These two guys hated each other. These are ambitious people. And, you know, it's politics. Politics ain't changed that much. Politics is a contact sport. Your family this. My family did that. He said this. Doesn't take a lot to create an enemy for life. They hate each other, and they hate each other so much that when they're getting close to the Germans, they decide they're going to camp on opposite sides of a river. They're going to set up their Roman camp on opposite sides of the river. They clearly do not understand the power of what they're facing. The Germans sweep down on one of these guys and annihilate him before the other one can even get up and get into the fight. But finally, he rides into the fight once the other Roman commander and all his troops are wiped out, and he gets wiped out too. And I can't stress this enough, it was not difficult for the Germans. They were blowing through these Romans like they were nothing. And now there's nobody between these Germans and the city gates of Rome. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Home title theft is not a small problem. It's very difficult for me to get this across to you how big of a deal this is. Cybercrime is up 75%. 75% during all this lockdown stuff. 
And here's what's wild. And look, this happens in crime from time to time. You've heard me talk about it on my show. The criminals oftentimes are out in front of law enforcement. It takes law enforcement time to catch up, stop a crime. The only thing in the world that can stop home title theft for you immediately is HomeTitleLock.com. I wish, honestly, I wish there was something else. I wish this crime didn't exist. It doesn't. HomeTitleLock.com is your only defense, and I'm proud to speak for them. I have it myself. I'm not telling you to get something I don't have. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO. That even gets you 30 days for free. There is now nothing between the Kimbri and Teutons in Rome. There's no army that can even come close to stopping them. And you heard me say at the beginning of the show, gotta be one of, if not the greatest military blunders in history. This is when it takes place right here, and I don't, I'll never understand it. I don't know if the Kimbri and Teutons didn't know that all the Roman armies were gone. I don't know whether they just were a slower people, and I don't mean slower mentally. I mean, some people just move. In life, some people move at different paces, which is fine. I've Look, I am a sense of urgency guy. That doesn't mean I'm running around at all times, but if I do something, I'm going to do it now. If I want something done, I want it done now. I drive faster than other people. I walk faster than other people. I'm just want to get where I'm going. I, and that's that's not a oh, I'm better or worse thing. That's how I am. I one of my best buddies, his name is uh, Luis, Mexican dude. And you'll see that more with a lot of the Latin American cultures. I, they 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 talk about it all the time amongst themselves. So laid back, so painfully opposite of me, it's alarming. We'll be heading out somewhere, and I'm ready to go. It's on time. All right, we got to leave. We said we were leaving at 7. Like 7.05, 7.10, he'll come sauntering out. And not my, I'm about to blow a gasket, right? I don't leave late. And he's just totally smiling, laid back. What? What's wrong? We're fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> Different. So maybe it's that. With the with the jury. I don't know what it is, but with nothing, these people set out looking for better fertile land. Okay, you now have the mecca of fertile land, Italy, sitting in front of you after you've wiped out several Roman armies. It's all right there, and they take the summer off. I'm not kidding. I don't even mean like a week to recover and recuperate. They go their separate ways briefly and just say, you know, I'm, oh man, I'm about done for now. Woo! Let's just kick back for a while. And they just take the summer off. The Romans, the Romans thought their Republic was about to be over. And you know what? They were right. 
If the Germans had come, there is no more room. You probably get how wild this is. This is crazy. If Rome goes down at this point in time, there is a great chance you never hear the name Rome. In your life. Think how much the name Rome. How many times have you heard about Rome and ancient Rome and Romans? It's not like you have to listen to this show to know about the Romans. It's one of those things. It's so big. Everybody knows about it. Our culture. Chris just pointed out our culture. So much of it. Our form of government. So much of it's based on Romans. Western civilization is based on the Romans. And it disappears like that at this one moment in history. If the Kimbri and Tutong just walk through the gates, they're practically open. It floors me. But they don't, all right? They don't. And the Romans understand uh, there is a real sense of urgency here now. Now, I debated whether or not I was going to do this today. Because it extends our story a bit, but I'm doing it today. I'm sorry, I'm doing it today. Uh, No, I'm not going two days on you, don't worry, I'm going to finish it, but we're going to go a little longer today because we need to do something now, and we need to pause our German side of the story, and even pause the Roman military side of the story And we need to go to the internal politics, what's going on inside of Rome at this time. Remember when I told you Rome was getting to be a real powerful regional power now? I mean, Rome is a big, big, big dog right now. Not probably considered the greatest empire in the world yet, but certainly rapidly climbing. And when you rapidly climb, it means you're rapidly taking over other territories, other peoples. And what comes with that? Slaves and money. And those two really went hand in hand. Slaves were currency for most of the history of the world. And I understand it still exists in some parts of the world today, but uh, you really need to know how blessed you are that we do not live in a world ruled by slavery today. Slavery is not uh, an American thing. Slavery is the history of the world, and it is it, it was just ingrained in, gosh, like every culture. They used them, they traded in them, they sold them, they bought them. You stole them when you had wars. That's what you did. Hang on. Auto protection plans are just something you have to have now because these prices to fix your vehicle. Look, they've always stunk. I don't want to do this thing of, wow, it's worse today than it's ever been. I understand it's never been a pleasant feeling to take your vehicle to the shop. It's just not. It costs a lot of money. It's an inconvenience. But today, with this technology they have and even you know lower-end vehicles, these prices will crush you. You have to get an auto protection plan. So why not go to America's number one auto protection company, CarShield? Because CarShield 
They offer a wide range of plans. You don't have to, well, you can have this one or that one. No, 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 no. Not a car shield. You can have one that works for you and your budget. Plus, if the worst happens, payments are flexible. And with Car Shield, get this, you choose the mechanic. Go to carshield.com right now and buy your plan today. Don't forget, use the code JESSE, save 10%. A deductible may apply. Rome is coming into lots of slaves. Lots of them. And lots of money, too. I know the two go hand in hand, but just as you're expanding, you're picking up the slaves, you're picking up resources, and something is happening within Rome. They are going from a hard scrabble people trying to hack a civilization out of the wilderness to silk robes, grapes, wine, luxury. They're getting very, very, very rich. And as is the case in most societies, lots of that wealth is being centralized in a few people, not the masses, which is okay sometimes as long as the middle class is doing okay. Middle class has to be doing fine at all times. You're always going to have rich. You're always going to have poor. That's the case in every society. You can tell where a society is going by how the middle class is doing. And the middle class in Rome, well, hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. There are several obvious problems with slavery, right? I don't have to point out the obvious ones. But one of them that people don't really talk about is how much slavery can actually screw up a society as a whole. You see, business people, they have profit loss sheets, even back in the Roman times, although I'm sure it was printed on a scroll. And on that profit loss sheet, you can take a long look at your money incoming. You can take a long look at your expenditures. And you know one of the biggest black marks on there in every single company on earth? Labor. Labor costs are huge. Necessary, but huge. Companies from the beginning of time have tried to figure out a way to keep labor costs down. You try to find a way to keep all costs down, but that labor cost is generally so big, you look around 
That's why, as I've told you several times, at your job, be valuable and be as versatile as humanly possible. Because boss is looking at his labor costs and he's trying to decide between, I got to fire somebody and he's looking at producer Chris and he's looking at me and one of us has to go and well, producer Chris can do this, this, and this, and Jesse can only do this. Bye, Jesse. It's how life actually works. Setting that aside. You're looking at high labor costs, but you're also looking at a stable full of slaves. Well, it's not hard to come up with a solution if you're trying to reduce costs, isn't it? The rich in Rome started running the middle class out of their jobs and only using slaves as labor. You're now pushing middle-class people down, not only into poverty, you're pushing them into the cities. You're essentially, uh, this was the end. I'm not going to go into it all today. This was the end of the Roman Republic, this entire system here. Because from this system came the populares, a populist movement, of which our next guy we're going to talk about was very much part of it. Of the people deserve this, the people deserve that, we need to pass rules, you can't hire too many slaves, you can't do this, you can't do that. And that eventually led to Julius Caesar, who was also a populare. So this slavery system is really what screwed Rome, what took Rome from being a republic to a, a, you know, run by an emperor. Now, how does that matter to our story? Well, part of the getting rich, fat, lazy, and happy story was these Romans now. Remember the old Romans? A property owner must go fight. That's that's what we did. These Romans had a lot of money. And it's easy to say a property owner must go fight when you have a farmhouse in your field and the barbarians are coming towards it. It's more and more difficult to pick up a a sword and go shove it into somebody's stomach when you're sitting around with a wife or two, bunch of house slaves, bunch of field slaves. You haven't lifted a finger in forever, eating what you want, when you want, laying around in comfort, and then your children get raised in that. Difficult to prompt that person off to battle. He's rich and comfortable and fat and happy. These Romans didn't want to serve anymore. Um, But in case you haven't heard, back to our story, you have a gigantic army of Germans coming your way, and you need an army. Up comes a man, a populare, very much one of these champions of the middle class type people. Up comes a man named Gaius Marius. Gaius Marius is a name I want you to, you know I don't give you too many names and details. I never do that. I think it ruins a story. Take the name Gaius Marius and stamp it into your brain right now because it is an absolute disgrace. Gaius Marius is not a household name. You know that whole consul of Rome thing, president of Rome thing? Gaius Marius was president of Rome seven times. 
He personally, as I'm about to show you, saved the Roman Republic. Gaius Marius should be as well known as Julius Caesar. In fact, Gaius Marius was Julius Caesar's uncle, but that's another story entirely. And yet, everybody in the world has heard of Julius Caesar. Like 5% of the population maybe has heard of Gaius Marius. Gaius Marius, at this point, Germans on the way down, is an accomplished, tough guy general, and he's a guy who's been pushing for certain reforms in the army for quite some time. One of those big reforms is this. I'm done with all this property owner's stuff. Let anybody serve in the legions. I need manpower. These guys need jobs. This is going to work out for everybody. And the Romans had shunned that and shunned that. Well, now you have a whole bunch of Germans coming your way. You you can't afford to shun that anymore. They give Marius the power. They give Marius what he wants. And Marius doesn't just pack a bunch of people into his legions. Marius is all about that training life. You see Romans head for a long time now, not wanted to carry their own gear around. Gear is very heavy, having carried a lot of it myself. Not with Gaius Marius. Put on all your gear. We're going on marches. Why? Just to march, because you need to get tougher. 20-mile marches in sandals with 70, 80 pounds of gear on your back. Obviously, it was very difficult, but hard work pays off very, very quickly. Gaius Marius has not a fighting force of just guys who exist. He's got some hard men. He has hard men who are in physical shape. Why does that physical shape matter? Well, we're going to get to that in a moment. Gaius Marius has completely reformed the Roman legions into a hard force, well-equipped, and he marches north because the Cimbri and the Teutons have gotten back together, and they're coming on down. I shouldn't say got together physically, though. They're, they're together. They're all marching the same direction, but they are separate people right now. Cimbri and Teutons are separate, and they're coming down separately. Gaius Marius has a plan. Though he's vastly outnumbered, he has a plan. He's going to take these armies out one at a time. They come into contact with the Teutons first. And the Romans were absolutely famous for their infield construction. They would build forts in a day and then steadily, slowly improve the fort every day. Uh, You give the Romans two or three days, you have a fortification you can't penetrate in the middle of nowhere. They were just great at it. Shovels and axes and engineering. The Romans really were engineering legends more than anything else. And he gets right up next to the Teutons, builds himself a fort, and his men see the Teutons in their size, and they're scared to death of them at first. But Marius does this on purpose. He wants the Romans to observe these people and see that they're only people. A little bigger, maybe, but they're only people. Hang on. 
Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Car Shield does it better than others because Car Shield gives me something I value. Something I value a lot, especially when it comes to an auto protection company. They give me freedom of choice. Freedom where to take my vehicle. That has just been an absolute backbreaker. And if you've been through this, you know what I'm talking about. You'll have this auto protection company, and they'll tell you something like, yes, yes, you're, uh, these repairs are covered by us. Congratulations. That'll, that'll work out fine. All we need you to do is fly to Zimbabwe to get your vehicle fixed. With CarShield, I can take it to my mechanic. I can take it to my dealership. That's them working for me, making my life easier. Go to carshield.com and get your plan today. They have a huge range of plans. They have something for you there. Carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use the code JESSE. Actually saves you 10% on your plan. In a deductible, it may apply. Romans are now right by the Teutons, and the Teutons, they start to come around this Roman fort, and they decide as a people, if these Romans aren't going to come out of their fort and fight, well, they're not going to stay around. They're going to go by and just keep going the direction they're going. And on the way by the fort, the Teutons are taunting the Romans. Now, remember, these are Romans. These are very, very, very proud people, to put it mildly. Uh, Absurdly cocky. Not that I would do anything like that, Chris. But very cocky people. Proud people. And the Teutons are saying things to the Romans like, hey, do you have any messages I should give your wife? Not making that up. The Romans in the camp are starting to get upset with Marius because their pride is being wounded. Hey, I want to go fight. Did you hear what he said about my wife? And I don't even like my wife. I'll quit. I made that part up. But still, they are getting upset with Marius. He tells them all, sit down, shut your mouth. I'll let you know when when you can talk now. Marius lets them all go by. Marius decides he's going to follow the Teutons. Not too close, obviously, but he's just going to follow them. It would not be hard to follow a, a size of a, a size of people like that. Follows them. Eventually, the Teutons camp down by a river. So there's the river, and then there's the Teutons, and then there's the Romans, meaning the Teutons are between the Romans in the river. This Roman army, like every other army, must drink. They approach, the Romans approach Marius and tell him, we are thirsty. Marius, this is, he's famous for this, 
points towards the Teutons and says, well, you can have water, but you're going to pay for it in blood. Marius puts together a genius battle plan that was uniquely tailored to fight these Germans and uniquely tailored to take on the German numbers. Essentially, he changed the Roman formations to to account for the fact you're going to be surrounded. We can't do anything about that. You stay disciplined once you get surrounded. They are going to do what these Germans were famous for doing. They're going to freak out and charge and be brave and just go crazy. And then that looks good in Braveheart. In real life, human endurance has limits. Then they're going to gas out. If you're disciplined and you, because you're one of Gaius Marius's troops, you are in outstanding shape. They gas out. You're still sitting there in formation, shields up, spears at the ready. You're going to cut them down like grass. And there's an old proverb. It may actually be a Roman proverb. Look this up when I say it, Chris. It's called fatigue makes cowards of us all. I didn't make that up, but I should actually just give myself credit for it. It's my radio show. I can, I can say whatever I want. Tired men run. Who said it, Chris? No, it wasn't Vince Lombardi, you idiot. No, it's not Vince. Gosh, Chris is such an idiot. It wasn't Vince Lombardi. You know what? I'll just look it up myself, Chris. It's ancient. <laughs> wasn't Patton either. Never mind. Either way, when you get tired, you get scared and you will run. It's just a fact. It's the way the human body works. These Germans get exhausted. They can't get through these lines. They're getting cut down, and they turn and run. Only Germany does things a little differently. You see, German women were notoriously strong women, not just physically, mentally. And they were famous for, they would ride behind their men into battle and form essentially a wagon train wall behind their men. They would flash themselves to their men during the battle while at the same time half cheering their men on and half putting their men down so their men would fight harder. If that seems a little weird, Understand this. Remember I said slavery is the history of the world? These German women, as all women did at this time, knew what would happen if they lost. I don't have to elaborate too much on the horrors of slavery for a man. For a woman, much worse, in my opinion. Remember, many of these female slaves were Taken into the home, if you will. That's a life of living hell. These German women knew this. Now the Germans take off running. Only you take off running and run into this gigantic wagon train of your own women. And the German women start attacking their own men with axes. It's just The, the Romans wrote about this. They were horrified. They'd never seen anything like it. The German women would not only attack their own men with axes, 
they would attack and kill their own children to make sure their children could not be slaves. That's how obsessed with freedom and staying free these Germans were. The Romans were floored. I mean, floored. You know how much it takes to floor a Roman? But Gaius Marius has done it. He has defeated the Teutons, but he still has this gigantic army of Kimbri he has to go face. Now, I'll wrap this up here quickly. He goes, tracks down the Kimbri in one of my favorite moments in history. The Kimbri come out and meet Gaius Marius. The leaders are having a conversation. The Kimbri tell Gaius Marius, because there's no email back then, oh, you just hang tight right here. Our buddies, the Teutons, are going to be joining us shortly. And Gaius Marius tells them, they might be a little while. We've given them a piece of permanent land. They buried them all. The Kimbri realize what happens. The Kimbri go into battle and pretty much the exact same thing happens. I don't want to act like the Germans just laid down. They put up a heck of a show. But Rome was saved. Kimbri, Teutons, defeated. But let me ask you something. Is this whole thing a win for Rome? Or did this whole thing simply speed along Rome's change from republic to dictatorship? You can argue what Gaius Marius did with the army and whatnot was necessary, and I would agree. But... Now you have a bunch of men serving in the legions who are loyal not to Rome. They're not property owners in Rome. They don't care about Rome. They're loyal to their general. Now it's not really a Roman legion. Now it's Gaius Marius's legion. And how did Rome go from being a republic to a dictatorship? Back of the class, hand up, how did that happen? Julius Caesar marched his legion, the 13th. Julius Caesar marched his men on Rome, and his men followed right along because they weren't just Roman. They were Julius Caesar's Romans. The things you do to survive, sometimes... There will end you. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Ah, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Shoes. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Shoes. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. 
Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.